Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Rogers, Alabama. And the flips just keep on coming, kids. More and more flips to Kevin McCarthy from the holdouts. It won't be enough on this go-round. We will go to a 13th ballot, my babies. Tony Katz, that's me. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. This one's funny. Turn it up. Hearn. Rosendale does not vote for Kevin McCarthy. He votes for Kevin Hearn instead. He has not yet made the decision. He's playing with the crowd. I don't know how that's going to work. Turn it up. Turn it up. Jeffries. Rouser. McCarthy. Roy. Kevin McCarthy. Oh, that could not have been easy for Chip Roy to do. Republicans cheering him. The flips are impressive. It is going to be very difficult for the holdouts to continue the level of holdout. But we will go to a 13th ballot for Speaker of the House. And within the House, there's a couple of interesting stories. And one of those stories is the story of George Santos out of New York. George Santos is a liar. George Santos lied about his heritage. George Santos lied about his, his resume, he lied. It's not a question of whether or not you think this is a lie or that is a lie or the other. No, no, no. He lied. He lied. He did what he did. The question before us is what should he do? And some people have been suggesting that the representative-elect to his first term in Congress, he should immediately just resign. He shouldn't even go. After all, he's a liar. If we did not let liars into Congress, there would be very few people in Congress. Whether we're looking at the House or we're looking at the Senate, the place is replete with liars. Elizabeth Warren lied about being Native American. She lied. She lied for social advancement. She lied for financial advancement. She claimed to be Native American when she was not. She was. She is. She continues to be a liar. Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, Democrat, said he served in Vietnam. He did not. He lied about his Vietnam Service. Stolen valor is a pretty big deal. And yet he 
continues to be a senator. By the way, Blumenthal received not one, not two, not three, not four, but five deferments to stay out of Vietnam. But he has stated, you know, the days I served in Vietnam. He never served. He talks about when we returned. He never returned because he never went. And I wouldn't hold it against the man that he didn't go, but that you lie about serving, there's a special place in hell for you. And yet the people of Connecticut vote for this liar every six years. We should want, as a people, as a society, we should want a standard. We would think that a standard is indeed important, valuable. But if we are going to believe that a standard is important, we are going to need to believe that the standard is important all the way around. If the political left will not stand for the standard, don't look at me. There's a, there's a line often used about the Constitution. You know, the Constitution is not a suicide pact. We talk about communist China. They can do X, they can do Y, they can do Z, A, B, and C, and we, we are, you know, bound by the Constitution. Well, the one thing I don't have to do is treat Chinese communists like Americans. I can treat them like the criminals that they are. Don't tell me I have to do X, Y, or Z while you're doing anything you damn well please. I have to live by the rules while you act outside of the rules. I don't let China do that. I don't let other politicos do that. I certainly don't let the political left lecture to me about decency when they vote for people like Elizabeth Warren and Richard Blumenthal. The political left voted not once, not twice, but too many times to count for Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy was a murdering bastard. That's who he was. That's how he should always be remembered. What did they call him? The Lion of the Senate. He's a murderer. He left Mary Jo to die in that water. Went off the bridge. She drowned in the car. He went on to having himself a great life. You know what his punishment was? Didn't get to run for president like his brothers. That's, that, that's not a punishment. They named buildings after Ted Kennedy, after a murderer. You think George Santos should resign? I don't think uh, George Santos should resign. I don't think George Santos is a good dude. I think you better run another Republican against him. But he could vote the way I like. I could be getting lots of good votes from George Santos. You may say, hey, you lied, so no committee is the first uh, term. You could decide that. But resign? You want me to live to a standard that you won't live to. And my answer is no. No. No, 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 no. 
I am not here to think for a moment or to allow you to think for a moment, my dear friends on the left, that you have decency. That you are the arbiters therein. You're not, and your history proves it. You won't even admonish that anti-Semite representative Ilhan Omar. So now, Santos doesn't have to resign. Santos, if, if you were people of decency, wouldn't you have taken Eric Swalwell off of intelligence committees when he's compromised by a Chinese spy? Now, when I say compromised, he clearly had a relationship with a Chinese spy, but I don't think he ever had sex with Fang Fang. That was her name. That was the name of the Chinese spy, Fang Fang. I don't think he had sex with Fang Fang because, honestly, I don't think he was mad enough to do it. I'm just saying it right now. I'm just saying right now, there's no way Eric Swallow was up to the task. And uh, may I just say how hard it is out there for a Chinese spy. When What was it like when you read the assignment, have sex with Eric Swallow? Were you like... I don't, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll take my chances in the re-education camp. Did, you, did that go through her head just for a minute? Like, oh, this is not something any rational person would want. This is cruel and unusual. Have you seen Eric Swalwell? My gosh, who could get worked up for that? I don't know. The man's married and has kids, and I only hope it's a happy life. I'm just saying, Hey, he might say it about me. It's quite all right. But Eric Swalwell is out there very, very concerned that the metal, metal detectors have been taken out of the house. The metal detectors are down from the House of Representatives. And Swalwell is concerned that we could have a workplace violent event a lot of my Republican colleagues, State Swalwell, glorify violence and proudly display the firearms they have in their offices. So it just makes me nervous that we could have a workplace violence event. They're not the most stable people. Should you get worked up by, by him, by statements like that from Swalwell? And the answer is, is, is no. No. There are some people out there who shouldn't have firearms. They should simply not have firearms. They should, uh, you know, leave it to people of strength and conviction and who want them. It's like when we discuss the fact of arming teachers and some people are like, well, we should pay teachers to carry a firearm in the classrooms. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because some teachers are going to say yes just to get the extra money, and then when the time comes, they're not going to do it. You don't force somebody to feel comfortable. That's not right. You got to want to feel comfortable. You got to want to feel the thing. That's what matters. That's what's important. So if Eric Swalwell doesn't feel comfortable uh, and, and a firearm makes him nervous because somebody has it in their office, well, that just lets you know the kind of beta male uh, that uh, that uh, he is. So don't get worked up by him. But just expect this kind of nonsense talk. Expect this kind of nonsense talk from the political left. These are the people 
who hang around with Chinese spies who then want to tell you what is good and decent. Meanwhile, the vote is going on, and Paul Gosar just voted for Kevin McCarthy. Victoria Sparts getting off the present fence and voting for Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy will not win on this ballot. It will take another one. But McCarthy has never been closer to being Speaker of the House. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. McCarthy picks up 14. It's not enough. It's not enough. We'll go to a 13th. Now, I don't know if someone can change their vote. That's something I don't know about. Can you change your vote? Because what you're allowed to do is you're allowed to go to the well and cast your vote if you didn't. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, of course, voting for a Speaker of the House. And Kevin McCarthy getting people to switch. Paul Gosar switched. Byron Donald switched. Chip Roy switched. Luna, who's a new member of Congress, she uh, uh, switched. Decides to go for McCarthy. Victoria Sparts, Indiana 5th, no longer voting present and votes for McCarthy. So the question is, like, if you're somebody who wasn't there for some reason, you didn't voice uh, your, your, your vote, you can go down to the well where the clerk is, who, by the way, she's done a very, very good job. The, the clerk of the house, none of this is easy. You got personalities aplenty. You're trying to keep everything on, you know, going uh, she's she's done solid, solid work. Um, and you go and you make your vote. I just don't know if you're allowed to go to the well and change your vote. I don't know if that's if that's allowed. What I do know is 214 for McCarthy, 211 for Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat. And then Kevin Hearn, Republican from Oklahoma, got three votes. And Jim Jordan, the Republican from Ohio, got four votes. Jim Jordan doesn't want this. Jim Jordan has voted for Kevin McCarthy. By the way, I believe Hearn has also voted for Kevin McCarthy. So I don't know why both Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates still keep putting these people up. But this is a bad day for Matt Gates, and it's about to get worse. It's about to get worse. Right now I'm staring at the house, and it's Jim Jordan, Kat Kamek from Florida, just hanging out. I think they're talking wrestling moves. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if Kat Kamek wrestles, but in my head, in my in my conversation, they're talking wrestling. Probably like like suplexes and cauliflower ear. Something something like that is what's getting discussed. You know, there are other stories, and trust me, I have other things uh, to 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 get to, and I'll, and I'll get to them in, in a few minutes. I was expecting a level of movement. And that's Steve Scalise coming over and giving a hug to Victoria Sparts. I see you right there. I'm pretty sure that's Scalise. Um, I, I expected movement. I did not expect this 14 this quick, which tells us only one thing. Whatever the giveaway was on Rules Committee and some of the other things, whatever it was, it was enough. And if it was enough for Gosar and Roy and Bishop, well, it's got to be enough for Biggs. 
You're not going to get Gates and you're not going to get Bobert. And right now, Andy Biggs, Matt Gates, and Lauren Bobert, one, two, three, sitting next to each other there in, 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 in the House chamber. Until somebody just walked up to Biggs and said, hey, why don't, uh, why don't you come over here? So-and-so wants to talk to you. And then he went off to talk to somebody. Oh, there's backroom deals aplenty going on right now. We're down to the point of, hey, do you want a nicer office? I think we're down to that point for McCarthy and his and his team. But you're not going to get Bobert to change your mind. You're not going to get Gates to change his mind. They have th- – th- this, is, this is what they've done. This is the entirety of their deal. So now Kevin McCarthy will clearly be speaker. When that was not the case two days ago, and I said, I don't know what else he has to give, he clearly had some other things to give, and we know this because look what changed. Now what happens? How weakened is he? What exactly could the Republican-led Congress do first to make Republicans feel like, all right, they're serious? Is the first thing to do an investigation into Joe Biden and Hunter Biden regarding the laptop? Could very well be. And you say to me, oh, that's going to be seen as so partisan. Um, Joe Biden knew what Hunter Biden was doing. Joe Biden may have profited off of it. And there's a whole question of what it did for national security. Damn straight you go look at that thing right there. You go look at that thing right there. Maybe it'll be about the border. Maybe it'll be what it has to be, five things at once. But the person who is going to come out smelling most like a rose from this, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has been with Kevin McCarthy from the beginning, has stuck with Kevin McCarthy, did not go with Lauren Boebert. As a matter of fact, said she doesn't understand what it is that Lauren Boebert's even doing. She's not making any sense whatsoever her conversation is not one of seriousness and this is nothing but drama we're we're on multiple days now with multiple candidates from this group so i'm not sure how lauren bobert on one hand can demand so much out of kevin mccarthy but then demand nothing out of someone else and be willing to vote for them to be speaker that's not serious um i don't think that's leadership and i really see it as more obstruction than progress oh my yeah she's gonna get some good committee assignments keep it here this is tony katz today So I didn't understand it before, and after further review, I still don't understand it. I have no idea why Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, would have a spokesperson going after Ron DeSantis. I don't understand. I have no idea what's happening here. I have no idea why it's happening. None of it makes any sense at all. This is a ridiculous move. Is it to get Christy Nome's name out there? DeSantis has taken all the oxygen out of the room, so you got to attack him on the subject of abortion? That's that's weird. It's weird, and, and as observers of politics, we got to ask ourselves, does it make any sense? Well, you're talking about Christy Nome. No. I'm talking about a ridiculous attack on Ron DeSantis. 
which is how everybody's going to take it, as a defense of DeSantis. Not that somehow Gnome or her people have a point. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What is going on, my people? Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. So here's the, the story. Uh, the, the guy's name, oh, who is it? Fury. Ian Fury. He's the chief of communications. And, and he is putting out this information about how uh, uh, Governor Nome was the only governor in America on national def- television defending the Dobbs decision. We're talking about the decision there in, it was, was it Missouri or Mississippi? I, f- I forget. I don't know why I have it confused right now. But that's what led to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Where was Governor DeSantis, Fury writes, hiding behind a 15-week ban does he believe that 14-week-old babies don't have a right to live? Um, okay, we're into the nutty, people. We're into the nutty. The reason you'll hear politicos talk about a 15-week limit is because that's where America is. I get pro-lifers. I understand them very, very well. They believe that life is at conception, and I'm not going to argue with them. I'm really not. I am discussing political reality. When in the state of Indiana, this was a conversation during a special session. Even the Democrats said 20 weeks. I thought they weren't going to do anything. And I, I was, oh, I was on top of it. Why is it that Democrats are okay with recreational abortion? That was the terminology I used. It was strong and it was meant to be. And then they said 20 weeks. I was like, oh, they've got limits too. Look at this. And I thought Indiana would be 15 weeks. They went 12 weeks, and now there are multiple court challenges regarding this. We see what the, the stuff that's taking place in South Carolina regarding abortion. Let it get fought in, in the states. But anybody who thinks that states can't create legislation about this stuff is out of their head. Of course they can. Activist courts are going to need to be put in their place. There are going to be challenges. Let there be challenges. Activist courts need to be put in their place. They need to know their place. Yes, that's right. The judiciary is not so special that they can't be told to sit their asses down. Just so we're all clear, you're a judge. You're not that special. Under the robe, you put on your pants just like the rest of us. Settle yourselves down. The people are allowed to engage in legislation. The idea of the legislation being constitutional, of course, matters. You not liking the legislation doesn't mean a damn thing. Thus, I started with what? Activist judges need to be put in their place. That's what I'm talking about. But the the, the challenges are going to go on. And in Indiana, what, with 12 weeks instead of 15? I thought they were going to go with 15. And then Lindsey Graham, the senator for South Carolina... The senator said, how about a 15-week ban uh, uh, federally? And I said, I don't want any federal legislation. Let the people vote. Let the people be heard. That's what matters. Do not, do not, do not engage this on the federal level. Leave the people alone. Who thinks it's a good idea to attack Ron DeSantis on the subject of abortion? He doesn't think 14-week-old babies have a right to live? What a, what a radical thing to say. What an incredible amount of infighting to create if 
This is a big if. Anybody was listening to some comms director for Governor Nome. This is a story right now because I'm discussing it with you. It's a blip. It doesn't change your view of Ron DeSantis one iota. It doesn't move a single voter to Christy Nome. It makes Nome look outrageously desperate, outrageously desperate, as in, hey, I'm here. Pay attention to me, too. I'm in the conversation. I could be president. What about me? Christy Nome has some things that are worthy of respect. Christy Nome has done some things where she really uh, created a, a, an unenforced error, or uh, not unenforced, unforced error when it came to transgender students and sports. But I think she's still got a, a level more positives than negatives, and I think that she can go far. So over there at National Review, they start writing about it. And note that this guy, Ian Fury, uh, well well said with the Fury part, accuses National Review of being no longer pro-life because they're, quote, carrying water for Governor DeSantis. Dude, I do not know what you're doing, why you're doing it. What is the damn point of all of this? It's just silliness on silliness on silliness. But it really does show you exactly how strong DeSantis is and how much his political opponents are indeed concerned and worried. And they are concerned and worried. They are both concerned and worried. They're not wrong to be. DeSantis is clearing the field. Not Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis. This was a mistake. If you want to make noise in this election cycle, attacking Ron is not the answer. I call him Ron like we're old friends. Attacking Governor DeSantis is not the answer. You do it by engaging in your own state. Ron DeSantis does it through leadership. What was the latest thing? I didn't get to this story uh, yesterday. Well, let me me see if I can find it. I'm not on my regular computer, so everything's a, a, a little bit tougher. You know, you know how that goes. Um, let me let me see if I can if I can do this if I can find it because I I had it. Ron DeSantis is dem- here, here. It is. Ah, I got I got it. I got it. I got it. DeSantis administration orders state universities to report DEI and CRT spending. So DeSantis is requiring that Florida State universities report their spending on DEI, their projects regarding critical race theory. The director of policy and budget in the DeSantis administration, his name is Chris Spencer, asked the Department of Education and the state university system to disclose their staff programs and campus activities structured around these frameworks. And the applicable educational institution must submit a description of the DEI project, relevant positions, and the funding spent, including the proportion that is from the state. Now, You see that? That's how you grab people's attention. By doing things. Not by attacking people. You don't need to attack people. You do this by doing things that matter to the citizenry. That's what you do. 
Christy Nome's team doesn't know this? They've got a popular governor in Christy Nome. Go to it. Go do work. Go be a leader. Go lead some crap. You know what we'll do? We'll notice and say, wow, that's good stuff. And then in my beloved Indiana, we'll notice that Governor Eric Holcomb doesn't lead on anything. Nothing. Absolute zero. The man leads on nothing at all. And we'll be like, man, we really wish we had a governor like Christy Nome. We really wish we had a governor like Ron DeSantis. And um, for the record, uh, a a large amount of Hoosiers wish they had a governor like Christy Nome or Ron DeSantis. They do. Of course they do. Yes, 100% they do without question. They do. So, if you ask me, this is... There are political mistakes, and then there's just pathetic, and this is uh, equal amounts of both. Silly, silly, silly move. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So those jobs numbers come in, and the market goes to town. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. I mean, it, it did. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even checking where it is right now. But the Dow was up over 600. Uh, it could, could be up more. Who knows where it's going to finish out? Uh, because what they heard was non-farm payrolls went up. Strong jobs market tops expectations. But wages didn't keep up. The estimate was a 5% increase. Wage growth from a year ago. The unemployment rate did indeed fall, but we don't know about the labor participation rate. Who decided to no longer look for a job? Part of the unemployment rate problems, right? It's at 3.5%. was at 3.7%. Sorry, it it is at 3.5%. I'm talking too fast. Slow down, Tony. It's at 3.5%. It was at 3.7%. But that only tells us part of a story. The unemployment rate is also a reflection of people who have given up looking for a job. They fall off the reports, so therefore the unemployment rate goes down. That's that's how it works, right? That's just uh, some basic math. The Dow Jones estimate on jobs was 200,000. What did we get? 223,000. Leisure and hospitality leading the job gains, followed by healthcare construction and social assistance. Social assistance. Hmm. That's something. The wage conversation is certainly a big one. Wages did not go up as much, and certainly we know that wages did not keep up. With inflation, wages 100% have not kept up. We're, We're fully aware of this. We are fully, fully aware of this. The question before us is, the jobs that were taken, and we see this as above estimates, well, that's nice, but what does it say about all of the jobs that have been lost, whether it be Salesforce, or whether that be Amazon, or whether that be a whole myriad of companies that we don't know anything about, they are, they're big companies, but they're not everyday companies, where they're laying people off. I know people got laid off. I was just on LinkedIn today. I saw somebody getting laid off. A whole set of other people being laid off. So how do we take a look at this increase in jobs? 
Leisure and hospitality led with 67,000 jobs. How many of those were full or part-time because of the holiday season and now get shedded uh, in, in January? Healthcare was 55,000. Construction was 28,000. And social assistance, I, I got to double check what they mean by social assistance, was 20,000. And there's another part. The Fed has been working, the Federal Reserve has been working over time, as we know, to bring this economy down a touch, slow things down so they can then bring down the interest rates because you've got uh, the, the, the economy is, 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 you know, hiring, if you will. If you want to talk about hiring, you want to talk about other things. You want to slow that down. You want to bring everything down a touch so you can bring the inflation, inflationary pressures down and so you can get things into a good equilibrium and then grow again. Is there a feeling that you're still growing this thing and you've been trying to slow this thing so therefore the Fed wants to further increase rate increases? Increase rate increases? You know what I meant. And therefore utilizing that to further slow down this economy. And you say to me, Tony, slow down the economy. The economy is doing, not doing great at all. If we're talking about people losing their jobs, we're talking about wages not keeping up. Yet we did do hiring. And there are some other things that we see as well. I don't know about you. I said this the other day. And, and it came from, I mean, it came from certainly my own observations. But it came from a conversation I was having with a friend of mine when I was uh, in, uh, I was in Arizona. He lives in Arizona. He's in the, the video uh, world, video production world. He asked me, do I think we're in a recession? And I said, yes. And I took a puff of my cigar. I absolutely think we're in a recession. And I think we've been in a recession. He goes, you know, it's funny. I think we're in a recession. And I think we've been in a recession. But if you take a look around this central Arizona area, every restaurant is full. You can't get in. If you go to the malls, people are shopping and they have bags. Right? They're not just looking in the windows. They're buying. Um, where's the recession if we're in the recession? I'm, I, I was thrilled that he had noticed, but he wasn't the first person to have noticed. I see this in my central Indiana. I, I see this everywhere. I see people buying. I'm like, what is, what is happening? Like, I take a look at my own spending. I'm like, okay, I buy cigars. And I guarantee you I buy cigars at a rate most people don't. It's possible I could buy more cigars in a day than some people buy in an entire year. It's also part of my job. And I review the cigars. We do videos of cigars. I do more and more with it all the time. There's a reason for it. But I'm not spending like mad on golf equipment because I don't golf, mainly because I love myself. So the question before us is, Am I not aware that the economy is having a problem? I'm totally aware. I'm totally aware of the further downturn that's coming, but I'm still doing this buying. So is my specific instance, situation, the issue? Or does everybody have some special thing and therefore they don't pay attention to it for their world? And maybe it's not job related. Maybe it's just, you know what? I spent two years locked down and I don't give a damn. I'm buying this or I'm doing that or I'm spending here. And that's just the end of it. I don't care. I don't have an answer. What I do know is wages didn't keep up. What I do know is that we're going to see continued increases in interest rates and elongation 
of interest rates staying high. I'm aware of this. You're aware of it too. It is not ending. 2023 doesn't look good. Economically, it doesn't look good. This report doesn't make me feel better. This report makes me wonder if somebody's ringing an alarm bell in my ear. That said, I'm looking forward to having a cigar later. Find everything, TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today.